Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Revelation. Tonight is study number 4 of Revelation chapter 15. And we're continuing to look at verse 2, which says, And I saw as it were a sea of glass mingled with fire, and them that had gotten the victory over the beast, and over his image, and over his mark, and over the number of his name, stand on the sea of glass, having the harps of God. Now we've seen already that the seven messengers are given the seven vials full of the seven last plagues, and these seven messengers are God's elect people, and and that's why the picture shifted so quickly to uh, these that uh, had gotten the victory over Satan during his reign of uh, that was given to him by God during the Great Tribulation period. And only the people of God who had gone through the Great Tribulation and come out the other end, and, and that would be into the Day of Judgment itself, and that's what uh, is in view here. It's Judgment Day, the time to pour out the last plagues of God upon the wicked of the world. They are the ones that are could, and only them, uh, that it could be said of, had gotten the victory over the beast, specifically the name given to Satan for the 23-year Great Tribulation period. Well, we, we talked of uh, about that last time, and we saw how May 21, 2011, which ended the Great Tribulation and began... Um, judgment Day on the world was a time of glorious victory for the Lord Jesus Christ, for the kingdom of God. Finally, uh, there was triumph over Satan and the kingdom of darkness over the forces of the enemy. And, and that's uh, what this verse is calling to mind. Well, then it says at the end of the verse that um, them that had gotten the victory were standing or or stand on the sea of glass having the harps of God. And we discussed the sea of glass. It relates to the molten sea that was placed in the temple for the priest to ceremonially wash before going about and performing their priestly duties. And and now God has one last task for his people that have come through the Great Tribulation and have overcome through the Lord Jesus Christ. They are to do service to God one final time in this world. Of course, the people of God will serve him forevermore in the new heaven and new earth. But one final task remains to pour out the vials of the seven last plagues. 
And so they stand on the sea of glass. And, and that indicates a couple of things. One, they have been, not ceremonially, but actually cleansed from all sin. As glass is uh, used in the Bible to illustrate purity and holiness. It, it, it is a cleansing of the sin of all of God's uh, royal priesthood, of all the elect that came out of great tribulation, the, the great multitude, has been washed. And um, that's why the glass, the sea of glass, was said to be mingled with fire at the beginning of the verse. They've been washed with the baptism that Christ was baptized with, and, and that is the fires of the wrath of God have purged away all sin. And we, we shouldn't overlook the word stand. They stand on the sea of glass. And to stand in the Bible, um, especially as it concerns the day of judgment, is uh, not accidental language. It 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 has significance, as uh, we read in Luke twenty one, for instance, in verse thirty six. Watch ye therefore and pray always that ye may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass, and to stand before the Son of Man. Now, when we contrast that with the unsaved in Judgment Day, we see what God is is referring to. In Revelation 6, 17, chapter 6, verse 17, it says, For the great day of his wrath is come, and who shall be able to stand? Well, certainly none of the wicked, none of the unsaved of the world will be able to stand or endure the wrath of God. They will be destroyed by it. And God says also uh, in Romans, in Romans chapter 11, verse 20, Well, because of unbelief they were broken off, and thou standest by faith. Be not high-minded, but fear. And, and that is how one is able to stand. It's not by our faith, but by the faith of Christ. God is able to make us stand. And that's exactly what God says in Romans 14, in verse 4. Who art thou that judgest another man's servant? To his own master he standeth or falleth. Yea, he shall be holden up, for God is able to make him stand. We're living in a time when Babylon has fallen, when the kingdom of Satan has fallen, and and that means all that were a part of that kingdom have fallen. They cannot stand. God uh, declares this in in Psalm one, that that first of the wonderful book of Psalms in Psalm one. It says in verse 4, The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. 
they cannot stand. But God's people are able to stand because he makes us to stand through the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ. He will qualify us and equip us and enable us to endure the severe test, to endure the spiritual fire that has been put to us so that we come through as silver and gold purified even better off than ever before by the end of it and we endure to the end the people of God do stand and I think that's the reason why uh, those that had gotten the victory over the beast and so forth stand on the sea of glass it's through the faith of Christ and uh, the fact that none of the elect um, fall. They have made it through the great tribulation, the judgment which began at the house of God, and now they're, they're living on the earth in the day of judgment, and God uh, says, all right, your, your job is not done yet. You, uh, you did evangelize the, the world, when you blew the trumpet and warned the people concerning the approaching day of judgment, but you must prophesy again. And the things you will prophesy will be bitter, yet it is necessary to publish these things to declare Babylon is fallen, and only those that stand can speak those words. Only the true believers can uh, declare these things. And, and let the world know that the judgment of God is upon them. And at the very same time, you will be feeding, uh, your brethren, the great multitude that are scattered amongst the people of the earth. And, and this is the task that God has for the seven messengers, the elect people of God that have gotten this victory. Well, it goes on to say in verse 3 of Revelation chapter 15, And they sing the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb, saying, Great and marvelous are thy works, Lord God Almighty. Just and true are thy ways, thou King of saints. And that is all those that have gotten the victory over Satan during the Great Tribulation, sing the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb. Now, we're, uh, we're acquainted with the song of the Lamb because back in Revelation 14, regarding the 144,000, it said on, in verse 1, And I looked, and lo, a lamb stood on the Mount Sion, and with him a hundred and forty and four thousand, having his father's name written in their foreheads. And um, and I heard a voice from heaven, as the voice of many waters, and as the voice of a great thunder. And I heard the voice of harpers, harping with their harps. And they sung, as it were, a new song before the throne, and before the, the four beasts, or living creatures, and the elders, and no man could learn that song but the hundred and forty and four thousand which were redeemed from the earth. These are they which were not defiled with women, for they are virgins. 
these are they which follow the Lamb whithersoever he goeth. And these were redeemed from among men, being the firstfruits unto God and to the Lamb. And so they sing a new song. This would be the song of the Lamb, the song of uh, being redeemed, of salvation, the song of the Bible. As the Lamb is Christ, and um, Christ is the Word made flesh, and so to sing the song of the Lamb is to declare the Word of God, to declare all that the Bible uh, speaks to. And and that's what God's people always do. And, and so it's no surprise that the seven messengers that, that have gotten the victory over Satan and come through the Great Tribulation, that they sing the Song of the Lamb. But why does God... Uh, Add that they sing the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb. Why uh, here at this point, and, and we've uh, been recognizing and seeing that it's Judgment Day. That's what Revelation 15 is focused on. It It's the time to pour out the last plagues of God upon the world. And that can only be done in the day of judgment. So why in the day of judgment are the people of God singing the song of the Lamb, we understand, because that's the word of God, the Bible. But why here at this point does God introduce the song of Moses? Well, Moses is um, said to sing two songs in the Bible, and uh, one is found in Deuteronomy chapter 32, and the other is found in Exodus 15. Now, in Deuteronomy 32, I'm going to go back there, Deuteronomy 32, uh, actually, uh, Deuteronomy 31, verse 30, which is the last verse of Deuteronomy 31, introduces chapter 32, and it says, And Moses spake in the ears of all the congregation of Israel the words of this song until they were ended. And then chapter 32 is the song. And it, it says in, uh, let's see, in verse 28 of Deuteronomy 32, this is all part of the song of Moses, for they are a nation void of counsel, neither is there any understanding in them. And it's referring to Israel. And then in verse 31, For their rock is not as our rock, even our enemies themselves being judges. For their vine is of the vine of Sodom and of the fields of Gomorrah. Their grapes are grapes of gall. Their clusters are bitter. Their wine is the poison of dragons and the cruel venom of ass. Is not this laid up in store with me and sealed up among my treasures, to me belongeth vengeance and recompense. Their foot shall slide in due time, for the day of their calamity is at hand, and the things that shall come upon them make haste. For Jehovah shall judge his people, and repent himself for his servants when he seeth that their power is gone, and there is none shut up or left. And, and then it continues on, but 
I think that's the key um, statement in verse 36. Jehovah shall judge his people. The song of Moses in Deuteronomy 32 directs our attention to the judgment of God upon his people. Judgment began at the house of God. And in uh, verse 42 of Deuteronomy 32, it says, I will make mine arrows drunk with blood, and my sword shall devour flesh, and that with the blood of the slain and of the captives from the beginning of revenges upon the enemy. The beginning of revenges, or the beginning of judgment. And we know that judgment began at the house of God. So, when when God says that they sing the song of Moses, partly that has to do with continuing the declaration that God has judged the church, that the church is no longer the outward representation of the kingdom of God to the inhabitants of the earth. The church itself is under the wrath of God. But, again, Moses sang another song. And we read of another song that God attributes to Moses in Exodus chapter 15. And and uh, just to set the context a little bit, this is at the time that Israel has come out of Egypt, and all of Israel, every last Israelite, was delivered by God from Egypt. And spiritually, that relates to what took place on May 21, 2011, when God ended his salvation program because he saved the last one of his elect, and that means he delivered out of Satan's kingdom out of the dungeon of darkness, out of bondage to sin and to Satan, the last one to be saved, and and therefore all spiritual Israel were saved by that point, and and so that's a um, a big connection between the Exodus, the deliverance of Israel from Egypt, and the deliverance of all spiritual Israel by the time that God ended salvation for the world on May 21, 2011. And then the Israelites came out of Egypt, and and soon after, the Egyptians, led by Pharaoh, pursued. They came against them. And as they came to the Red Sea, things looked hopeless for uh, Israel, they had their backs up against the sea, and a mighty army, the mightiest army of the world of that time, um, the Egyptian army, with all their chariots, were coming fast towards them. But God stopped them while he parted the sea, and and then he had his people travel across the Red Sea as on dry ground. God made a path for them, and and they followed, and then they made it safe and, and securely to the other side. And God, uh, who had been holding back the Egyptian army with a pillar of fire, let them pass. He 
uh, he uh, ended uh, the the pillar of fire that had been holding them back, and so they pursued after Israel into the sea, and and they tried to follow the same pathway that Israel had followed. Now, of course, spiritually, the Bible tells us the way to heaven, and that's what the opening up of the sea illustrated is the Lord Jesus Christ. And yet Christ is only a way to heaven for those that he has saved, for those whose sins that he has paid for, and for for no one else. Anyone else attempting to go that way will be destroyed. And that's what God did. He collapsed the sea upon the Egyptian army, which included Pharaoh, and he drowned them in the Red Sea. And, and and so Moses sings a song in Exodus 15, verse 1, uh, at the point of this dramatic event that they had just witnessed. They, they could see the waters of the Red Sea uh, enfold and, and come down upon the Egyptians. And it says in Exodus 15, 1, Then sang Moses and the children of Israel this song unto Jehovah, and spake, saying, I will sing unto Jehovah, for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider hath he thrown into the sea. Jehovah is my strength and song, and he has become my salvation. He is my God, and will prepare him a habitation. My father's God, and I will exalt him. Jehovah is a man of war. Jehovah is his name. Pharaoh's chariots and his host hath he cast into the sea. His chosen captains also are drowned in the Red Sea. The depths have covered them. They sank into the bottom as a stone. Thy right hand, O Jehovah, has become glorious in power. Thy right hand, O Jehovah, has dashed in pieces the enemy. What a tremendous day that was. What what a tremendous moment for the people of God, for Israel, for Moses, as they exalt and they lift up the name of God, praising him for their salvation, for their deliverance, and for the destruction of their enemy in the Red Sea. And again, all these things relate to May 21, 2011. Uh, now, remember the previous verse, verse 2, God emphasized that those standing upon the sea of glass had gotten the victory over the beast and over his image and over the mark and over uh, the number of his name. And, and we saw how God would not have us cast down. He would not have his people dragging their, their feet or, or feeble knees, but to lift themselves up. And, and truly we ought to lift up our heads for our redemption draws nigh. All the information of the Bible indicates that. And we should be praising God for the great deliverance if you were a Jew, an Israelite, 
and you were standing on the bank of the Red Sea, and you had just been delivered from awful bondage, and you saw your captors pursuing, and you knew how dangerous it was, and that you would certainly be killed. And then you saw the hand of God um, uh, strike them down and destroy them all by the the incredible power of his might. And the waters drowned Pharaoh and the, and the captains of his host and all of his army and their horses and chariots. The threat was completely gone. The battle was won. God showed himself a man of war and fought the battle for us and won the battle. And of course, you would lift up your voice and you would exult and you would glorify God. What a great God you are. Even the unsaved Jews, naturally, we know only a handful of them were were um, truly born again. But in that physical um, deliverance in the physical destruction of their enemy, there must have been much cheering and rejoicing and praising God for the great deliverance that he had wrought. And yet, what is a physical deliverance? And what is a physical um, destruction of the enemy? Well, it, of course, it, it's uh, a tremendous thing, and God constantly refers to what he did for Israel and to the Egyptians throughout the Bible from time to time. He's constantly reminding Israel that he is the God that that took them from Egypt. And yet in comparison, a physical deliverance to a spiritual deliverance is not worthy to be compared because it's a far greater thing that God has delivered all of spiritual Israel. It's a far greater thing that he has taken Satan, whom Pharaoh typified, and put him down and deposed him and all of Satan's army, all of Gog and Magog, that had gathered together to overcome the camp of the saints, have been defeated. The the beast and the false prophet are cast into the lake of fire beginning on May 21, 2011. The judgment of God is upon them. And, and God has won the battle. He has gotten the victory. And this is the song of Moses that the people of God that have come through the great tribulation... That, that great multitude that came out of great tribulation, as Revelation 7 puts it, are singing. They are declaring this. We have won the war. The battle is over. The battle for the souls of men has been complete. And this is part of the song that they will sing and, and that they will play upon their harps. Now we, we didn't discuss that. I, I, I sort of overlooked that from verse 2, but maybe in our next study we'll look at the significance that they had the harps of God, and, and then it goes on to uh, say that uh, they sing the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb. So we'll backtrack a little bit to discuss the harps before we continue on 
in our study of Revelation 15. Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies. You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over PalTalk, Skype, eBible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone. For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.